Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text-to-give. It's all at one cause. OneCause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event, and you should be using it. Go to OneCause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at OneCause.com. Check them out today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making every day count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marks to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And sometimes, nay, most of the time, those individuals who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits are actually the CEOs and the executive directors of small and medium-sized nonprofits. Exactly what we have today, uh, which I'm very excited to have on. I've known our guest for, uh, for quite some time. I'm very excited for his perspective today. I would like everybody to give a giant warm do-good-better welcome to Tom Newberger. He's the CEO of the Red River Human Services Foundation. Tom, how on earth are you today? Well, I'm doing wonderful today. Today's a great day. We've accomplished a lot of things. Very happy about today. So it's uh, been a great day so far, Patrick. I love it. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, And I think as people are kind of flipping in and they're looking at iTunes and Spotify and YouTube and they're saying, this kind of sounds like an interesting fella. I need to know more, but they don't know a lot. So Tom, could you kind of kick us off uh, with the podcast today to give us kind of a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do and why we're talking today? Absolutely. Yes. Again, my name is uh, Patrick said is Tom Newberger, and I've been with Red River Human Services Foundation since 1986. So coming up on 36 years here in a few days. So I've been here a long time and I've seen many 
many positive changes to our organization uh, throughout the years. Our organization started in 1979 when there was a huge lawsuit in North Dakota where the ARC, ARC, uh, the Association for, I don't use that word, for our citizens. Anyway, uh, there was a lawsuit and uh, they sued the state because people were treated terribly in the state institutions. Uh, they could not get food, they could not get help or support. Because of the lawsuit, uh, many providers opened up across the state uh, and uh, we are open doing other things, counseling at that time and those type of things. But we started programs in Wapaton, North Dakota. We started with three group homes and the state needed more help and support. And we built more homes and we grew and grew. And so because of that, people that with disabilities are leading a much, much better life. But throughout the years, we have grown and grown. We've expanded. Uh, we've merged uh, with an organization here in town uh, in Fargo and West Fargo. And since that time, we've even built more homes and we're supporting more people in their family homes, in their own apartments. And we're just doing a great job and people are very happy with disabilities. I love it. Uh, how many individuals do you serve currently? And then how many employees do you have uh, that work at the uh, Human Services Foundation? Okay. We have approximately 145 people we support directly every single day. We do it both residentially and during the day. They need a home. Uh, we have homes uh, where they live. We have what's called uh, intermediate care facilities. We have four of those, the most challenging homes for people uh, with the biggest needs, medical or behavioral issues. Uh, so we use, we have those type of homes. So we have about 145 people, but then we have the activity center and uh, there's about 420 members there, but they don't come every single day, but they need something to do. And we give them a better life. We take them camping. We take them to Minnesota Twins game. We get tickets for them free tickets for them. We do a lot of things to support them. So the total number, if you add the 120, 120, uh, excuse me, the 420 people and roughly 145, we support, I'm going to round down slightly, about 550 people in total. In terms of the number of staff, uh, we have about uh, just short of 300 staff right now. That's crazy. Uh, fantastic. I love what I love about this. And I, and I love about the human service uh, industry in general in this neck of the woods is um the the real dedication to making sure after the deinstitutionalization getting residential facilities near where people's families are where you don't take them from some uh, other place and put them elsewhere where if you and I were told you know like tom hey um i'm going to put you across the state where i think you're going to be fine where everything that you've ever known about a, sub a support structure just then vanishes sure. instead your whole concept is making sure that those that have cared for you since birth or been cared for you for a very long time still are around. And I think exactly. that's really one of the most wonderful things that, uh, that you do as far as a residential program uh, that you have. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Pretty fantastic. All right. Uh, leading a nonprofit for 36 years, by the way, congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Uh, that's a, that's a heavy lift. That's hard work. It might be rewarding work, but it's hard work. And at times there are probably some frustrating things. So like, ah, why do we just keep doing this? Is there a story or is there a, um, a sort of a memory that you have in your leadership time that you look back on when the going gets rough or a little tougher than normal that you think back to and go, this is why we do what we do? 
Absolutely. I have many, many stories. We could talk a long, long time, Patrick, but I'll just give you one very specific story that I think people greatly understand and understand why we as a nonprofit do what we do. Uh, we had a, we have a staff trainer and she worked in one of the state institutions for many, many years. And the state institution was up in Grafton, North Dakota. And I have been up there. I have seen the homes where people lived. It was just horrible. It was just horrible. And she worked alone. And what she would do is she would walk up some wood steps to get into the home where she worked. She'd walk into the home and she'd look on her left side and there was a row going down the building. On her left side were 25 beds, single beds. On the right side, there were 25 more single beds. There were 50 people that she supported alone. At the end of the hallway was a shower. And her goal was just to get people fed. If she could get people fed, that was amazing. But there were no support for people. There were no staff interactions, nothing. People would beat up each other. They would have all types of issues and problems. And because of the lawsuit, which broke that down to give people a better life, and that's what our organization does, as do providers across the state. Uh, it has given them a much better life. They're much happier. They have friends. They have social networks. They do so much more. It has made their life unbelievably so much better than what they did in the past. So that's just kind of a quick story so people understand how people with disabilities used to live, how they live today. And again, we have the Activity Center, which is only one of two providers in the, the entire state. One is in Grand Forks, and we have the other one in Fargo that support people from other agencies because they don't have the staffing in the afternoon or the evenings to get them out into training, into bicycle ridings, into safety training. As I mentioned, going to the Twins game, it just gives them such a better life. We take them swimming. We do all types of things because, again, we are here to give people with intellectual disabilities a better life. It's uh, it's amazing to me, and if you ever get a, a chance, uh, any dear listener, uh, Google uh, sort of the ARC uh, lawsuit, and and to see such a dramatic shift from how individuals with developmental disability and delay were treated until now, it is. I mean, it is. I, you're not, I don't even think we're doing it justice on how dramatic of that shift was, and so uh, it's just such amazing. Uh, of, of some of these stories that kind of come out. Uh, challenges abound, I'm sure. Outside of COVID, um, sort of the human services kind of have a have a, a number of challenges that they get to deal with that a lot of other nonprofits don't. Is there one uh, challenge in particular that you guys are uh, going through or went through and how on earth did you uh, solve it? Uh, yes, in terms of uh, our challenges, uh, like uh, other businesses have faced, our biggest challenge ever has been in the year 2021 was the COVID-19 situation. Because of COVID, like other uh, employers uh, across the state in any industry, uh, we really were having problems finding new staff because we were expanding, adding new homes, and finding new staff was a challenge. But the good news is we overall got it corrected, and uh, a lot of providers asked us how we did it. 
And we are able to increase our employment and get new employees back by increasing our starting wage uh, by a couple dollars per hour. And we had sign-on bonuses and those type of things. And uh, we are able to do that because we have a new building that we built in Fargo. We co-located. Uh, we're not paying so many leases across the state and we're not paying for staff travel time and drive time back and forth. So because of that, we were able to use those dollars very effectively to increase our our starting wage. And a lot of providers across the state were not able to do that. And they're amazed at what uh, we're able to do in terms of paying staff. So that was our biggest challenge and we had to get it fixed. And so we're very lucky that we moved into our new building and we're able to shift those savings dollars to help support staff. Because again, the main thing that we're here for is to provide great supports for people with intellectual disabilities, again, both residentially and during the day. You know what I love about that? That's very for-profit of you, Tom. It's very, uh, it's, it, it, you know, I love that it's a mindset, right? As a, as a CEO of a nonprofit organization, that something as uh, cattywampus as COVID can come and affect it, all of a sudden that you've got to think on your feet and think a bit differently and, and, and think outside of the box on ways that you can make things work. I love that you did that, which leads me to my next question, Tom. You've all been right. doing I'm this right. a very long time and... I know that people in the industry and in the nonprofit world are always looking for sage pieces of wisdom and advice from those who've been doing it longer than them. So, Tom, do you have a lovely piece of advice or a tip or a trick that you can give our nonprofit friends that are listening today? Absolutely, I do, Patrick. And uh, the reason I do is I didn't mention this uh, during my little bio is I am a CPA. I'm a financial person. Uh, when I first started at this organization uh, back in 1986, we could we could not even pay our bills. I remember I have many stories, but I'll just say at the time I would sit at the table and would talk with staff, which bills are we going to pay? Which ones are we going to have to delay? Uh, and so being a financial person, um, what I was able to do is to lower our admin percentage. Uh, our admin percentage wasn't super high, but it was high. We were spending too much money and we didn't need all these positions. And so we eliminated some positions and we focused on the programs is what we did. And that would be a high recommendation I'd have to any nonprofit is to make sure that your admin percent is reasonable. Ours is less than 10%. It's around uh, 8%. Uh, other nonprofits, when I go and look, I can look online and find things. It can be 30%, 40%, 50%. 50%. But we don't need all those admin positions. It's not about the admin staff. It's about the programs and people we support. And when we do that, it keeps the people in our programs happy, the 425 at the activity center and the 145 in our residential day programs keeps them extremely happy and their families are happy. And a very another quick story, Patrick, as uh, we had a uh, uh, one of our board members uh, we like to have at least one person we support on our board so they can share. Are they happy with services? Are they unhappy? What is going on? And unfortunately, the person with a disability who was on our board moved uh, out of state uh, with his mother because his mother moved out of state into, uh, not going to say the state, but moved away. And they were down there for about six months. And I started hearing complaints from the person who was on our board and a person with a disability. And the mother started contacting us. They were so unhappy with the provider in the other state and they looked into other providers, they were unhappy with them. And so what they just did is they just moved back to North Dakota. They came directly back to our services because again, 
Our focus is on people with disabilities. That is our mission. That is why we're here. It's not about making money, which you know we never were able to do in our programs because of the state retrospective system, meaning basically if the state gave us $100, if we spent $99, we had to return a dollar. Uh, but again, we have a low admin rate, and I would highly recommend that if you can look at your admin rate and keep that in the low percentage, that would help your organization greatly as it has helped ours. I like the win story. I've had people leave the state and come back because they remember you being the best servant uh, at all. And that's a wonderful, uh, well, I know people are going to want to try to get a hold of you. They're going to want to try to figure out um, how they can uh, emulate all the awesome things that you've been doing yourself for 36 years. But how do they, how do they find you? How do they donate? How do they volunteer? How on earth do people get a hold of you, Tom? Absolutely. Great question. I'm going to start from the end of your question and move move to the first part of it. it. Uh, we have a lot of volunteers. They help at the activity center and we have people that are interns. They come in and our staff are so happy when they come into our homes, into our programs. They get to know people we support and they just love their jobs. It is so very, very good. But now in terms of how to connect with us, we have our website at www Rs in red, Rs in river, H as in human, S as in services, F and F as in foundation.org, O-R-G. Uh, or they can certainly call us at our number, area code 701-235-0971. And uh, we have uh, staff that can certainly help you. We give you a tour of the homes. We have uh, a lot of people, a lot of potential staff that come to our building. And they're going to meet people we support. And they're like, wow, because people we support will give them hugs. And they're so happy to look at new staff and our existing staff. So those are two ways of getting a hold of us. Either give us a call on the phone or certainly come to our website and you'll find out information about us. And you can certainly apply online. I love it. We're going to have all those links in the show notes. And while you're clicking around there, by the way, subscribe, like to this podcast, the type of guests we get with these type of uh, amazing tips and tricks that you're going to get as a nonprofit leader. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for what you do. I have been a uh, a human services fan for a very long time. It's kind of where I cut my my big boy uh, fundraising teeth in. And I've loved uh, sort of like not only your leadership, but what you do uh, for, a, for a very long time. I'm so pleased to have you as a guest here on the official do good better podcast thank you so much patrick it's great to see you again and i've known you for a long time and uh, you take care i appreciate your interviewing me thank you Thanks, my friend all right Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome so i've got a deal for you i would like to help you i would like to work with you so if you're go to dogooduniversity.com. That's dogooduniversity.com. And you register for one of the courses. I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesome, or a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free. Because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast, take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.